Soon it will all be ours. Ezekiel! Because everybody everybody in the syndicate's named Ezekiel. Go make more half boats! Oh, there's a tornado warning. Oh, shite. Let's go down to the basement. Okay. Somebody out there knew something. And that someone decided to tell the world the best way they knew how. With graffiti. Chalk on walls and fence posts. And with that, they gave the nameless a name. And that name was Bella. Y'all listening to Old Tiny Crimey. Crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. So, uh, how's your week? I've not been sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've not been sleeping. That's the worst. It is the worst. It is the worst. But I'm getting a lot of housework done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, without that eight hours or five hours or whatever you get, you have more time to accomplish things in life. It really is. But the time that you have, it's like this gray fog yeah. of non-existence. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, I'm starting to, I, I don't drink. But I've actually started drinking in order to get a little bit of sleep because I got to a point after two days where I started to disassociate. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was... Been there. Yeah. It was like one of those things of like, well, I'm not me anymore, so I need to do something. Well, maybe not so much the healthiest way to approach it. Definitely not. But I figure, here's the thing, because I don't drink, this mm-hmm. is the first time I've drank probably since... I think I had a glass of champagne at New Year's Eve here. Mm. So, and that's not really enough. What I got were these giant 25-ounce cans of of margaritas. So I had like a strawberry margarita and a mango margarita, or, you know, mangorita, (laughs) if you will. And uh, that put me down for about four hours. So, yeah, if you can't go to sleep, you might as well pass out. (laughs) How about you, buddy? How's your week been? Well, uh, my week's been good. Uh, I have kind of a story to tell that is related to uh, the the case we're going to talk about today. Okay. So we're actually talking about my week uh, closer to sometime in December, probably. um, In, I'm going to say, probably 2011, 2012, something like that. And that was the week that we found bones in a tree. Sound familiar? (laughs) Sound like what we've been researching we're, all week? Yeah, yeah. So, bones in a tree. Was it like a hollow tree and the bones were inside, or were they hanging from the tree by, like, little strings? It was more just kind of in the tree. It was a Christmas tree. Okay. And uh, my husband was unwrapping it. for Like, it was, you know, all wrapped up in some sort of big cellophane or something like that. He's unwrapping it, and out falls several vertebrae. <laughs> Like, large vertebrae, or...? Not huge. Okay. We were a little concerned, though. Child-sized vertebrae. I know, that is even more concerning. Yeah. What we did was we took it, um, being in the sort of, love you, Pennsylvania, but hillbilly area that we are, we took it up to the local bar, uh, which is filled with hunters and people with plenty of experience with, you know, like, field-dressing animals and such, and they confirmed for us that it was deer. Deer vertebrae. Now, the deer vertebrae... They're like, the little points that come out of the back of them are really extra long as compared to a human. I think that was the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, like if you're thinking of, it's almost like a, a, a fin on the back of yeah. it. You really don't see on the deer 
because they do deer do carry a lot of fat on them. They're they're not a lean animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that that vertebrae. It's almost like a, a Spinosaurus. Yes. Sail. Yeah, so we were pretty sure it wasn't human. Do you think somebody was using them as Christmas decorations? Well, no, it was, I mean, it was a Christmas tree that had been out in the wild. Oh, okay. You know, or in the, you know, a Christmas tree farm, and a deer probably died near it and somehow ended up in, in the harvesting process or something, ended up in the tree. And apparently, at least judging by the, the reaction of the lady at Home Depot when Jackson mm-hmm. took it, you know, to the returns desk... This seems to happen a lot, because um, she just kind of looked at the bones, all right, tossed them in the trash, and was like, here's your refund. Holy cow. So, but Did you get to keep the tree? We gave the tree up because it, we, we, we got a new tree, because okay. we wanted a boneless tree. But no, I no. will say, <laughs> since then, we have never had another boneless tree, because my friend Jamie, her beautiful, twisted mind, she decided, and I mean twisted in the best way possible, she thought we should have a bones in our tree every year. So she made us a deer spine ornament out of um, pretzel dough. And then she and her mom worked together on this. Then they glazed it and then they put sparkles on it (laughs) and then a ribbon holding up. And she also sent me an accompanying story explaining how exactly Rudolph had gotten into the tree. And it was a masterpiece of of fiction. It was beautiful. I would like to say that uh, I'm not at all shocked. (laughs) And it's not the first time I've seen bones made into ornaments. <laughs> well, my, it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> my mother, God bless her. I loved my mom, right? My mom passed away in 2014. But my mom ha- had just the worst sense of taste that you would have ever seen on an individual. She made this Christmas decoration. It was a styrofoam disc that was about eight inches across. Mm-hmm. And then she put the hip bone of a turkey. Oh my gosh. Into this, <laughs> put sparkles all over it, <laughs> and set a Santa, like a little Santa dog, hot glued a Santa doll to the center of it so that this turkey hip bone was now Santa's sleigh. Oh my gosh. And it just. That like, is hilarious. Every Christmas, it looked like Christmas at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> family's house. It was. Oh, no. Mom, <laughs> mom, mom. It's a thing. At first, whenever I was a kid, I didn't think anything was yeah. wrong with it. But as an adult, I went, what the fuck, mom? And she goes, I don't like it whenever you swear. That shit is horrible. <laughs> oh, mom. We're not we're not planning on having children, but I like to think that if we did in, in 25 years, they would see us, you know, like we would be putting the, the it's the very last thing to go on the tree. It's, it's, it's a tradition when we make, it's sort of ceremonial. Mm. I like to think that they would be like, what the fuck, mom? No, it's the Christmas vertebrae. <laughs> it's the Christmas vertebrae. <laughs> so, um, speaking of bones. Yes. Um, this is the, uh, case of Bella in the Witch Elm. Yeah. It's, a. Uh... This one, it's kind of, kind of well known. It, this happened in April thirteenth, nineteen forty-three. Uh, four boys, uh, Robert Hart, Thomas Willets, Bob Farmer, and Fred Payne were poaching. Mm-hmm. Poaching, trespassing on private land. Exactly. This is, and this is the first thing I want to say. I can't blame them. It was wartime. It was wartime. People were under rations. They were hungry. Yeah. 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 You, you do what you got to do to survive. Exactly. These these kids were doing what they needed to do to survive. They were out there trying to get some protein. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was... People don't realize how bad it was 
during the war over in Europe, things were really, really horrible. They would talk about, on like, uh, on, on the radio, they would talk about the famine going on in Europe. Oh, my. And it was bad. It was really bad. There's a Superman and Batman radio show from the back in the 40s. And it's weird to think of those characters being all the way back in World wow. War yeah, II. Yeah, it is weird. Um, but the Superman radio plays, uh, it was a thing where... And the radio plays, you need to listen to them. They're fantastic. A lot of the things that we get from Superman actually came not from the comic book, but the radio plays. Kryptonite, Superman working at the Daily Planet, uh, Perry White, the editor. Those are all from the radio show. And uh, they're talking, like Superman's talking about how he wishes he could help the people in England who are starving. Um, So that's something that wasn't really brought up. In a lot of the articles I read about this, they go, well, they were just poaching. Yeah, they were just looking for bird's nests. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they were surviving. They were scavenging. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was bad at this time. And uh, they go to Hagley Woods, mm-hmm. which has this very creepy feel to it. All the pictures I've seen of Hagley Woods. Yeah, I wonder, is it that it has a creepy feel to it, or that we're superimposing that because we know about what no, happened there? it is there? a creepy feel. Okay. It's... Well, it's it's a forest in England. I think a lot of them have, like, a creepy feel to them. It's just that, you know, sorry, Brits. <laughs> you have creepy woods. That's a good thing. It is. That's, that's atmosphere. But, I mean, the pictures of the trees that I saw in Hagley Woods, mm-hmm. they all look like fists with branches growing out of them. Yeah. Trees should not be wider than they are tall. Yeah. And that's what these trees were. They were wider than they were tall. Mm-hmm. Ugly, twisted chunks of wood <laughs> with bones in them. Apparently, yes. Yes. And so, yeah, they find, instead of a bird's nest, they find uh, a skull. It's protein. Yeah. <laughs> That, no. You you no. take that home. You boil it up with the squirrel you shot. You got yourself a nice stew. Okay. These boys missed out. <laughs> Suddenly we're in an episode of Arrested Development. <laughs> How'd that happen? How'd we get from England? <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was uh, Bob Farmer who found the, the skull. And there was a clump of hair hung, hanging off the what little flesh remained. Uh, two crooked teeth gaping out of the mouth, uh, among the other teeth. It is England. <laughs> sorry, you... Brits. I'm going to say that a whole bunch. <laughs> She's just apologizing for me. I'm not sorry at all. You guys need dental hygiene. <laughs> and then, uh, so they they put it back, and they decided they weren't going to tell anybody. You know, they they were like we because they'd get in trouble, possibly potentially get in trouble yeah. for for poaching on private land, which seems to be a theme. Yeah, I know. We're running into that a lot. And, yeah. And, like, but people do eventually tell. Yeah. Like, I found a body. I'll wait a day or two. Maybe a week. Let this marinate. I mean, it's... I, I know for a fact I wouldn't do that. And I, that makes me feel pretty good about myself. Even if you were doing something that you could potentially, say, get arrested for. Not not a huge thing, but maybe, like, mm, six months in prison. I would still. Okay. I would still. I would have faith in the system... That they would look at me and, since I don't have a criminal background, Mm -hmm. this isn't something I do all the time. I have a little bit of faith in the system that it was like, okay, you were brave enough, don't let us catch you doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I think I would do the same. I might need a little time to marinate, though. 
but I would I would eventually come to the the right conclusion. But I I, I don't think it would be immediate for me. So. I th- I think if I found a skeleton, I think well, I think a skeleton. I, would... I think I would have to. Yeah, if it's a skeleton, if it's not something, if it's elephant, I don't I don't know. See, I'm the exact opposite. If I would find like a body decomposing, I think I'd be more likely to turn it in than if it was a skeleton. Oh. Because it's like with the body decomposing, that's a lot of evidence that's going to the waste. Mm-hmm. If it's a skeleton, <laughs> that yeah. skeleton's going to be there for a long time. And could have been there for a long time already. Yeah. yeah. So um, they did. Tommy Willits, he freaked out um, and, and told his dad, and then they called the police. I don't, I don't like that. I don't think Tommy Willits freaked out. I think Tommy Willits was the brave one, and all the rest of them were pussies. Well, I agree with that. Um... But it freaked, I think it freaked him out enough that to push him to that conclusion. To, like, like shit, no, we have to tell. I have to tell somebody. I have to tell right. an authority figure. And so, so I think, I think he's in, his, I think they were all in their rights to be freaked out. I'd be freaked oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought I found a skull once. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was a couple of years ago. Uh... Well, it was back, uh, I have a younger brother who had a horrible car accident and almost killed nine people. And the day that it happened, we didn't know if these people were going to survive or die, so I decided to go on a long walk through, uh, through the rails to trails in Myersdale, PA. And on my way back, I look over at this pile of tires, this just pile of tires somebody threw out, and I see what looks like a skull... Sitting on top of it, facing away from me. Oh, that's freaky. It's even, like, orange, and it's porous, you know? Ugh. And I was a little freaked, and I thought, well, it's probably not what I'm thinking it is. I'll toss a stone at it and see what happens. And I hit it just right, and it twirled around, and I saw the eye sockets in the jaw, and it fell down into the tire. So I went, oh, oh fuck, God. oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And I reached down in, and I pick it up, getting my fingerprints all over it. And it turned out to be a Halloween decoration that was just really, <laughs> really realistic. So, would I be freaked? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would I Would I have the stones to do what needs to be done? Yeah. And that's, I even put that in my notes. Farmer put back the skull and told no one because he's a pussy. <laughs> Willet has the stones, reports skull to parents. <laughs> I like your notes. So, the police come... And here's what they find in the old tree trunk, this, this, this elm, this witch elm. Uh, the skeleton of a young woman, uh, at the m- moment, minus one hand. Piece of taffeta stuffed into the skull's mouth. Gotta be fashionable. <laughs> I guess so. Some scraps of clothes with the labels cut out. Battered shoes, very bad condition these shoes were in, but pretty much everybody's were. Um, mm-hmm. And a gold ring. Uh, sort of a, you know, your, your standard wedding ring style. Um, and then nearby they found uh, the bones of a woman's right hand. So they found the hand as well. Yeah. And then James Webster, the pathologist, he comes in and he, he gave a very thorough report. And uh, they, you know, they basically put the skeleton kind of back together. And he said it was about 18 months probably. So, um, middle of, uh, 1941 yeah. that she's around, probably been there. Around then, yeah. Around October of 41, mm-hmm. maybe sometime before. Probable cause of death, suffocation by taffeta. 
Taffeta is such a wonderful, whimsical word. It really is. You just don't want it to ever be involved in something like this. With enough force, anything can be a murder weapon. That is, oh yeah, absolutely. If I was going to kill somebody, (laughs) I would do it by Nerf dart. (laughs) I would build a rocket launcher that just shot Nerf darts at just below the speed of sound and shoot them through people's chest cavities. That's how I'd kill people. You've thought about this a little too much. Um... (laughs) It would make the best spree shooting in history, I think. We definitely get the news. Um, so there were no obvious injuries. So yeah, it was pretty much, you know, asphyxiation, probably. Uh, she had uh, given birth to one child in her lifetime. Yes. It's, you know, impressive that they're able to tell this well, via skeletal remains. It's but, the hips. Yeah, the hips. They, they, the they hips. tend to widen out. Exactly. Mm. If after, after somebody gives birth to a child, the hip bones, they kind of separate a little bit and they end up being a bit wider yeah which is why i believe there might be no god (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you have to stretch out your own skeleton to allow another human being to come in why don't we just lay eggs like the platypus well um that's actually one of the signs that the ducks are getting ready to lay eggs in the spring is their legs get further apart as their hips widen to prepare to pass the eggs so uh that's no go <laughs> that's that route's not gonna work because the platypus they're probably the hips widen out there too tiny eggs just tiny eggs <laughs> it's not fair i feel your pain women <laughs> Everybody, every woman, especially the ones who have given birth, they are rolling their eyes mm-hmm. so hard. I they bet can you do. See mm-hmm. the inside of their skull. Yep, yep. But yeah, that's that's amazing that you can tell just by looking at a skeleton mm-hmm. that somebody has had a child. Mm-hmm. That is that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, and yeah, that's and, and and to think that somebody out there. That's that's the way this was. Somebody out there was probably without their mother after this. Yeah. And it never really got reported. Yeah. This is this is someone who who had at least in one point been cared for because the skeleton, the teeth showed sign uh, signs of dental work. Mhm. And that's why whenever the police found the skeleton there it was kind of like the boy in the box that we talked about a few weeks ago. They looked at it and went Dental work. Oh, we'll have this. We'll have this tied up in a week or two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be real quick. Yeah. And here we are, seventy years later. Mm-hmm. Um, they decided that it had to have been the, the placement in the tree. Um, it, it had to have been pretty soon after she died because rigor mortis would not have allowed for that. She was. It was a pretty tight space. So. Um, and so, and she was also because you know you don't want to have to carry a body a long way. She was probably killed close to the tree. Um, and it was somebody with local knowledge, because you don't know. You know, like, it, it would have to be some real dumb luck to be, like, wandering out there with a body to bury and be like, oh, wait, there's a tree there. That's convenient. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing how much easier it is to fold up a human being whenever the rigor mortis hasn't set in. That's gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... what we're talking about is very gruesome, but that's gruesome. <laughs> I kept a body in my closet once for a couple of months. It was it was a little disturbing knowing it was in there. I ended up selling it for $300. I'm just going to let the listeners wonder. <laughs> I you know, know the story. story. Yeah, you know, know the, the story. story. You know the story. It has to do with my other podcast <laughs> and my ex-wife being a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> so 
See if you can connect the dots. <laughs> 30 points out. to Gryffindor for whoever <laughs> figures this out. You'll get a cookie. Mm-hmm. So, um, she was probably around 35 years old. About five foot, so below average height. Brownish hair with a little bit of a natural wave to it. Um, and so, and, the, and these, these distinctive teeth that, you know, like would have, like even at rest, you know, probably would have protruded out of her mouth. So, I mean, they, they looked uh, at records at, at dental offices um, and they even um, sent the details of the woman in national dental journals to see if, it, you know, like anybody, anybody in England, has any dentist in England seen this woman? Nothing. Yeah. So many people had been missing during World War II. And right now we're kind of at that tail end of World War II. We're getting close to the end of it, but it's still nasty. Yeah. I, I don't think people realized that there was no real crescendo to World War II. It was pretty nasty throughout and then almost immediately dropped off. Mm -hmm. Whenever you drop two atomic bombs anywhere in the United States, or anywhere, sorry, whenever you drop two... <laughs> I don't have plans. Whenever you drop two atomic bombs uh, any place in the world... One right after the other. And it's something the world has never seen before. You've essentially dropped a small star. Yeah. You know, onto a city and vaporized it and then did it again just to show we, we got at least two of these. How many more do we have? That ended the fighting really, really, mm -hmm. really quickly. Yeah. So even in 43, people don't realize that the war is coming to an end. But it's still... You know, it's still a ways away. Yeah, it, it's, it's been and it's been going on for so long. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's been going on for so long, especially for them. They were involved in it much earlier than America got involved in it. Exactly. I always have to like revise the dates of World War Two in my head because the what I was taught was forty one to forty five because that was our involvement, and that is you know not when the rest of the, the rest of the world was in it for much longer. Right there, there are certain parts of the world that were involved with World War Two. Long after Armistice Day, mm -hmm. you know, there's an argument to be made that the World War II lasted around about 20 years, because even after, even after the the peace treaties were signed and Japan surrendered, there were there were soldiers and generals, Japanese soldiers and generals in the Pacific still fighting. Yeah, jeez, still fighting. And there's a very famous case where one general said to his men, do not give up this. If we you hear of a peace treaty, it's a lie. Oh, boy. And one soldier stayed on this island for years, oh avoiding God. detection. And they actually, like, everybody would tell him, it's over. And he'd go, it's a trick! And he'd, like, run off into the woods. <laughs> they had to bring the Japanese general to him, his surviving general, to go, no, it's over, really. Really, come on. Yes, we lost, but come on. <laughs> It's not a trick, we swear. It's not a it, trick. It's not a prank, bro. Yeah, so it's, yeah, and it was, Plus, so many people were missing during World War II. And you had bombing going on, especially in this area, because you had munitions factories. Yeah. So the, the Luftwaffe was, was bombing. Um, so, you know, you would have people going, you know, missing from that, and you might not be able to, you know, identify remains and such. People were moving around a lot. They weren't, you know, some people weren't able to stay in their homes because of the bombing. So you had, it was really hard to keep track of people, and you had people falling by the wayside. They looked at 3,000 missing persons cases around the country. Once again, zip. Nothing. 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 
Didn't even have a name. Didn't even have a name. And so much was going on with the war. I mean, when your your country is actively at war, um, and uh, it, it affected you know so many more people's day to day lives than it you know it, it does uh, you know nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you know like in the United States. Um, but when your your country is at war, that that takes precedence. You know, that is much more at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, than, police work kind of falls to the wayside. Yeah, not to mention, not only that, but you also have um, a lot of the, the able-bodied young men sent off to the war. So you don't even have, you know, you're, you're short on people. They, they had, um, the police came to a school in the area and they recruited, uh, I know I wrote this down, um, they recruited boys from the school to go out and um, look for bones. They would pay them, I believe it was uh, six pence altogether, just for the, you know, the little looking, and half a crown if you found anything. And we, that's, I mean... I'll do that now for that, for that <laughs> cost, man. But it's, it's, it's also... What's a pence? Not, I know, right? <laughs> I've never figured that out. Somebody, somebody who knows, leave us a five-star review on iTunes informing us of what a pence is. Or, and a crown. And a crown. Yeah. Like, what does that even... Yeah, we could Google... But, but that involves stuff. And why would we do that when you could do that? Exactly. Um, so give us your knowledge. So, um, so yeah, they had, they had the, the, you know, basically like degrading the crime scene, you know, just, okay, boys, fan out, <laughs> step all over everything so we have no information. I have to go bathroom, Mr. Officer. <laughs> just go tinkle in that hollow tree. That's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing of importance there. We cleaned it all out. It's good. So, so yeah, interest kind of faded for a little while um, until, so remember we started in April when the body was found. Mm-hmm. Christmas of the same year, Christmas of 43, that's when the graffiti begins. Yeah. Graffiti creepy, reading. Creepy, who, creepy. Yeah. Who put Lubella down the witch elm? Yes. Not, not who, like this is who put Bella in the witch elm, but who put Lubella down the witch elm. I don't know why the word down is creepier than it in. It is, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it has a feeling of, of, of going under a surface, I think. And so you get more of a sense of darkness from it, probably. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, Lubella. It started off as Lubella. Then it became um, Hagley Wood Bella. Right. Who put Bella down the witch elm, Hagley Woods, mm-hmm. with like a little dash between elm and Hagley, that starts to appear on walls in Upper Dean Street, and it's the same person. The handwriting is matching. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's this um, it's this almost aggressive handwriting because it's that all caps. Yeah. You know, sort of. So you, this this person, you feel like they really, they were they were, out to find information. You know, they were they were being aggressive about it. Yeah. Somebody knew who she was. Yeah. And for some reason, didn't want who she was. I don't know why. It maybe you know. And this seemed to be the theory. Prostitution was pretty rampant at this time, mm-hmm. and it was the theory that it was one of the one of the prostitutes looking out for their friend who was also a prostitute, mm. but couldn't really go to the police because then she would be arrested for prostitution. Yeah, there's there's got to be some sort of immunity. There's there's got to be a hierarchy of immunity. One would think. Yeah, but I think that needs to be made publicly known. Like if you're addicted to drugs. Uh, 
you should there should be a little hierarchy of immunity like you get to keep in a little card in your wallet going like let's see i'm addicted to heroin and my boyfriend overdosed so i'm gonna follow his handy dandy shirt no i'm okay i can call the police let's see here my neighbor parked his car no, I'll be arrested. Okay. And I, I imagine this chart, like, like spreadsheet style, mm-hmm. and you're, like, matching up the mm-hmm. rows and the columns. Okay, so, like, row A, three... Okay. No, 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 no. I should not. No, no. <laughs> I think a lot more crimes would be solved if we had the hierarchy of, of, uh, of crime. It would be... Yeah. 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 Instead, we have... People going around putting graffiti up um, exactly. in, in chalk all, all over um, throughout the West Midlands. And it is very tempting to think that it, it's it's not the same person. You know, that people started copycatting it. Copycatting it? Okay, sure. Copycatting it. Would it be copycatting or copying cat? I think it would be copycatting. Wow, that sounds Co- like a prostitution act. Copying cat doesn't sound... Uh... Copycatting. That's whenever you have to show the prostitute how you like the hand job by by rubbing it out once <laughs> in front of her, and then she mimics that. That's... <laughs> Again, just going to move on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, then we started getting some renewed interest in the case, and we started getting some theories um, beyond the, uh, the, the prostitute theory. Um, the first one was, of course, of the supernatural kind of, you know, black magic, occult variety... Definitely, you know, like, sensational. Um, yeah. You have anthropology professor Margaret Murray. Oh, this bitch. <laughs> oh, this bitch. <laughs> this bitch caused a lot of problems in mm-hmm. my... in my just in, just in, like, the cases that we've talked about, Margaret Murray has fucking stuck her nose <laughs> in two of the cases, and honestly, I think kind of fucked shit up. And she, it's always about the witchcraft with her. Absolutely. She thinks everything is witchcraft. She's like... She's like that... that girl who has a boyfriend and then every time she so much as gets a text you're cheating but instead it's you're witchcraft you're witchcrafting (laughs) stop it so she said that the hand situation with the hand not being on the body um was could be related to the hand of glory occult situation which i've seen very quickly debunked like you know no here here's what the hand of glory actually is it's a greeting symbol among practitioners, or a greeting, a greeting um, gesture. See, there is that, but then there's also the trope, the hand of glory. Um, a hand of glory is a hand that's been cut off just below the wrist, and you turn the fingers into candles. Oh, okay, all and right. As long as, the, as long as the fingers are lit on fire, supposedly you're going to be able to break in and steal whatever you want without fear of being caught. It's kind of a it's kind of an invisibility potion. Now the problem is this has to come from the dominant hand of someone who has been hanged for crimes, mm-hmm. or at least executed. I, I've seen executed. I'm not sure if I've, I've hanged. I've only, okay. I've only ever seen hanged okay. with the hand of glory. Um, now I may be wrong. I've never done this personally myself. Um, if I if I could get a hand of glory for my own home, I would. But it would just sort of be a, a decorative piece. Just on a side table somewhere. Just side table. I'd use it. I'd use it kind of like to hold drinks and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'd have it. I'd kind of have it in like an L position, and I'd have like a nice little wooden base for it, and I'd just like set my drink on top of it. It'd be the most 
interesting coaster. This is my hand of glory. And yet you scoffed at your mother's Christmas decoration. Hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. Turkey bones are so passe. It's human (laughs) remains that really make the best... The best house decorations. <laughs> this is my hand of glory coaster. Look, it's still twitching. It's... <laughs> oh god. So so yeah, and also the the cops said that there was no sign that the hand had actually been removed from the body, like intentionally. It was probably animals scavenging, right? And you know they, they that's how it happened. But no, Margaret Murray blames the gypsies. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> And Margaret Murray, of course, was one of the uh, one of the people who screamed witchcraft at the uh, murders. In, well, the murder in Quinton. Yeah. Um, the Lower Quinton murder, and uh, that was our episode two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that happened around about the same time. It was uh, forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Only twenty-five miles away, or so. Yeah, very, very close, but. I mean, completely different situations. Completely different. It, it, it just she just wanted everything to be witchcraft. Yeah, she just absolutely. that that was really all she wanted was was for the entire world everything to be able to blame it on witchcraft, because people, I don't know, maybe people being shitty just to be shitty or because they're people and they're sometimes shitty was just not enough for her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's that's the thing. I think that's why so many conspiracy theories are popular. Oh, absolutely. Anymore. Yeah, it's. Yeah. We we don't we aren't able to realize that one man or one person can have that strong of an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm a big conspiracy theorist. I love conspiracy theories. I think the world is round. Good, you know, good to that's, know. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm fairly certain we went to the moon. Can't see a reason, you know, why we'd actually want to fake that. Um, I believe JFK was shot by more than one person. I've, I've been to Texas. I've looked out that window at the Assassination Museum. And they have a, an X painted on the street. And they keep everything the way it was wow. that day, right? Damn. So it's great. Whenever you go to the Assassination Muse- Museum in Dallas, Texas, do yourself a favor. Sneak under the rope because they have that window roped off where Lee Harvey Oswald shot from so that you can't look out of it and go, no fucking way. <laughs> There's no fucking way that he did this. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't done enough research on that to, to determine. I, th- there are, of course, conspiracies out there that have to be con- real conspiracies. Yeah. yeah like, because... We, it was Woody we, Harrelson's dad. We live in a shady, shady world. And there are people pulling strings behind some scenes, but I don't know that I can pinpoint anything. And yes, I also believe the world is round. Mm-hmm. Good, and, good. Uh, I, I know we went to the moon. Um, I'm positive of that, so... Right now, right now, there's some government agent going like, good, good, good. They believe the world's round. It's working. This small podcast that's excited about 40 listeners on one of their episodes believes the world is round. Then you have another drop off in interest for a little while. Um, And then in 1953, uh, journalist Wilfred Byford Jones. Yes. Yes. That is a name. (laughs) Um, I can picture him with his, you know, old-timey newspaper cap and everything. <laughs> I need a story, see? Actually, no, wait. It'd be any, I need a story, see? There you go. There it is. It's Scott Australian strikes again. Mm-hmm. Um, he was writing about the case in the Wolverhampton Express and Star. Of course. Of course he was. And, of course, it was that paper, the Wolverhampton. Oh, you Brits and your town names, I love them. Lots of Shires and Hamptons mm-hmm. and Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, he receives a letter 
and it's signed Anna of what was the name? I didn't write the, the town name that she put. Claver, Claverton? I think it was Claverton. Yeah. I didn't write that either. That's funny. Um, and she had some new details. And I'm going to go ahead and read you the letter. Oh. Do I a Courtney accent? I don't think I can. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. <laughs> but I'm not going to. <laughs> it would be really difficult to do the whole thing. It's like it's like four short paragraphs. I say... Me knickers were on a bloom. <laughs> me louvers were up to, up to my ass in bloody muck. <laughs> all right, so. Finish your articles, re the witch elm crime, by all means. They are interesting to your readers, but you will never solve the mystery. The, o- the one person who could give the answer is now beyond the jurisdiction of the earthly courts. The affair is closed and involves no witches, black magic, or moonlight rites. Much as I hate having to use a nom de plume, I think you would appreciate it if you knew me. The only clues I can give you are that the person responsible for the crime died insane in 1942 and the victim was Dutch and arrived in England illegally about 1941. I have no wish to recall any more. Anna Claverly. I actually did put it there. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Claverly. Then Anna comes out and not that kind of coming out, but a different kind of coming out. Uh, her name is Una Mossop. Come on. <laughs> I know, right? These people, that's got to be a nom de plume. Anna, yeah. no. Una Mossop? Somebody had a few too many pints and was like, I know. I know I should call myself. I'm going to write this letter. I should call, my name should be Una Mossop. What's that over there in the court? Is that a Mossop? Una Mossop. That's it. And my husband, Nick Soapdish, he, he did it. He did it. I stole that joke. That's from the tech. Uh, but she claimed her ex-husband, Jack Mossop, confessed that he and a Dutchman named Van Rolt mm-hmm. uh, had put the woman in the tree. The men had met at the Littleton Arms Pub, and the woman had passed out drunk while they were driving. Why was she in their car? Number one. And they put her in the trunk hoping that she would wake up in the tree and be scared straight, which is a horrible method. Yeah. Of, you know, there's Alcoholics Anonymous. At no part of it, like, none of the 12 steps is, you know, sleep in a hollow of a witch elm tree. Yeah. I think it would be more effective if it was one of the steps. But. <laughs> That's the 13th step. Yeah. Um, and, okay, so another story, this story kind of, there were different versions of it. Um, and one of the ones that I read was that uh, Van Ralt was a Nazi agent. And Jack was, you know, we mentioned the munition mm-hmm. plants and everything. He was passing information to Van Ralt about these munition plants for, you know, like the Germans to come and bomb and also like find out. And then in turn, those were being passed to another agent being posing as a cabaret performer at local theaters. Um, and who may be this particular woman, according to the story. And in this story, uh, the Van Ralt, Van Ralt uh, tells Jack, drive us out to Clint Hills. And then he, in the drive, he's having an argument. Van Ralt's having an argument with the, the woman and he strangles her in the car and Jack helps her helps Van Ralt carry the 
body into the woods. Yeah. Jack Mossop ends up going to an insane asylum. Yes, yes. And he actually dies in asylum a full year before the body's discovered. Mm-hmm. And it was a, an overdose, according yeah. to uh, to one of my sources. Yeah. He uh, he kept having recurring dreams of a woman staring at him from the tree. Yeah. A, and a skull, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and her, her ghost haunting him and stuff like that. And it, it just drove him, as they would say back then, drove him mad. Right. Um, and... So there was there were a couple of little things here and there that popped up. Uh, this was from the the Amazon uh, documentary. I don't know, but it's not an Amazon documentary. It was on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. that I watched about uh, Bella of the Witch Elm. There was a Laura Van Ralt that uh, there was some records on her because in 1940 she was teaching um, at a girls' school and the Nottinghamshire police were investigating her. Because she was teaching the girls the German national anthem, um, and probably not the best thing to do during <laughs> wartime. No, no, no. And so later in 1940, she wrote to the police. There was a, an actual letter, um, and and apparently she had moved to Worcestershire. So, love the sauce, by the way. Keep up the good work. <laughs> yes, good stuff. Uh, it just the, makes everything taste so English. Yes. <laughs> the theory was. That her, you know, insistence on, you know, this indoctrination brought too much attention. And so the, you know, husband Van Ralt was silencing her. However, ex-pupils from the school came forward and said, no, 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 no. As of 1957, she was still alive and still teaching German. So that went nowhere. But an interesting uh, little thing came up, too, in this this documentary. Um, A home guardsman sometime around the time that this is supposed to occur, sometime in 1941, uh, stopped a car with an RAF officer, Royal Air Force. Mm -hmm. Now, it was known that Jack Mossop liked a little bit of stolen valor. (laughs) He liked to dress in the RAF uniforms, but he didn't actually serve. And so this home guardsman stopped a car with an RAF officer. Uh, There was a passenger in the car that was covered up, like a blanket or something covering them. The officer was too embarrassed to question. The home guardsman was too embarrassed to question the RAF officer and just move along, move along, move along. And so that went nowhere. But there's that question of, you know, like, that's weird. Yeah. yeah very, <laughs> that's a little weird. <laughs> very much so. In 44, there was a prostitute from Birmingham who reported to the police that her friend and co-prostitute, Bella. Co-prostitute. Co-prostitute. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it, honestly. Yeah. You know, friend slash prostitute. No, she's already a prostitute, so it felt weird saying prostitute twice, so I'm going with co-prostitute. <laughs> um, her friend and co-prostitute, Bella, had disappeared three years earlier. And, yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I don't see that as a separate theory. This theory could intersect very, very well with the Mossop theory. Yeah, it could. It absolutely yeah. could. I know, I know that even though if I'd been driven in, driven insane, you know, I still wouldn't confess to my wife. Yeah, I was a prostitute. I picked up. <laughs> yeah. And we accidentally killed her, and we put her in a witch elm tree. And the details of who the woman was are in in all of these tales are very sketchy. Right. Right. So it's 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 hard to say. And maybe you know if if it was a prostitute, maybe that was part of the teaching her a lesson. You know, like we we've seen the 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 disapproval. You know. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And. I feel for for some of the gentlemen, I could see 
some guy not wanting to come forward going, yeah, I know who she is. How? I hired her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do I get her identity out there? Graffiti. Oh, I know her from church. Yeah. <laughs> she was a saintly woman. On her knees a lot. <laughs> Very quiet. She, except for when she was yelling out, oh, yeah. oh God. She, she, she praised God quite a lot. Frequently and with much volume. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, we have more renewed interest 15 years after that, I believe. Um, I have 15 years later, but I can't determine if it's 15 years after this original renewed interest or what. But um, And I love my, my, my heading for this. It's renewed in- interest three, spies and drunkers. Yeah. <laughs> so historian Donald McCormick uh, wrote a book, Murder by Witchcraft, which despite its name. God damn it. <laughs> actually, like, let's, let's make accurate titles. How about? Um, actually seems to advance the spy theory that this was a spy. So now we're getting into espionage even further. Somewhere we're Mar- going to be digging deep yeah. into espionage here. Somewhere Margaret Murray is going, oh, witchcraft. <laughs> Crossing herself. <laughs> she started reading that book and then halfway through she was like, no, fuck this. <laughs> Slams it shut, burns it, crosses a pentagram on the wall. I'll show him. Lights a candle. I, that's what I think happened. There's your real conspiracy. Margaret Murray's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) She's the original, she's actually, what was her name? Raven Silverwood? Yeah, Silver Ravenbroom. Silver Ravenbroom, yeah, whatever it was, the the, the Wicca or Pagan or Witchcraft book that was at Walden Books in 1994 that we all were all over. She was... That was her nom de plume. That uh, now that's a nom de plume. Here's the thing. Now that I'm stopping and thinking about this, this makes a plausible conspiracy theory. How is she going to get her spells out there? By writing about them as if they're crimes. Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, Margaret Murray, you it. bitch. We know what you're up to. I hope she's dead and her family doesn't sue us. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So, murder by witchcraft. Uh, he obtained. I'm gonna butcher some German, just all through this, just all over the place. Go for um, it. Abwehr files, which is German military intelligence right. records. And in the Midlands, which is where this is, uh, around 1941, there was a Nazi agent by the name of Lehrer um, doing his Nazi agent thing. He had a Dutch girlfriend who lived in Birmingham, again, you know, in that, this area. Her name was Clarabella Dronkers, and doesn't that just roll right mm-hmm. off the tongue? <laughs> uh, she actually went by the name Clara Barrel. No, wait. I think that's a different that's one. That's a different one? That's a different one. I thought this was, okay, never mind. I'm full of shit. It could be, which some of the some of the Clara Burrell stuff does intersect with this. Okay. So I think that stories, as, as we've, we've noticed, they get twisted. And in this case, because of the number, the sheer volume of Claras we have falling down on our heads. Yeah. Um, that the stories got confused even more. Lord in heaven, it's raining Claras. So, yes, it is. Um, so in this case, um, this was Bella. She was around 30 years old, had crooked teeth, um, and a real Nazi spy, 1942, was captured, executed at Wandsworth Prison, and his name was Johannes Marinus Drunkers. So there was, you know, like, you've got Lehrer, you've got the girlfriend, uh, Clara Bella Drunkers, and then you've got Johannes Marinus Drunkers. So is there a Drunkers love triangle going on situation here? Yes, I did enjoy saying that. that. Is, that's going to be my prog rock band name. <laughs> 
Drunkard's Love Triangle. It's <laughs> a good one. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Your first, uh, your first uh, album should be, uh, I don't know, Johannes Marinus. I like that. <laughs> the execution uh, of Johannes Marinus. <laughs> there it is. So it'll be, it'll be a, a roving epic tale, akin to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and this is kind of like. This is the, 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 the terror and excitement of war at the same time. You had all these reports of, like, agents would, Nazi agents would par- parachute into the area. And you had a lot of reports around that time, 1940-41, of them parachuting into the area around Clent Hill and Hagley Wood. Which is just so crazy to think, like, you could just be, like, taking a walk, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden down from the sky comes a guy parachuting, and he's the Nazi agent. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that the, the time existed where that was a possibility. Yeah. You know? Isn't, it's just so weird. Nazis just <laughs> coming out of the sky. It's raining Nazis. It's raining Claras, and it's raining Nazis. And sometimes the Claras are Nazis. <laughs> Yes, yes, they are sometimes, but not all Claras. So you know, don't don't give us a one star review, Claras. Exactly, not all Claras are Nazis, <laughs> but all Nazis are Claras. So study um, hard for those SAT kids. Yes, that will be a question. Um, and then you had you had other you know corroborating stuff. Um, you had an operative matching Bell's description, codenamed Clara. Parachuting in the area in 1941. But that also dovetails with the Clara Bauer. Bauer. Oh my gosh, she has the hardest last name. Like Bauer? But think, with an old... Yeah, Bauerl. 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 So yeah. That should be the intro. Just us, like, five minutes and Bauerl. <laughs> Nothing really came of that theory. And I think... Uh, I don't want to... No, I shouldn't say it. Um, I'm pretty sure that the documentary said that he was dis- that the author was discredited for several other books that he wrote. Um, yeah, it, so I, but I, I, I'm almost certain that was the one, yeah. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Well, now what I've got here mm-hmm. was that there was an Avar agent named Joseph Jacobs. Why are you pronouncing one Joseph Germanly and the other Joseph not Germanly? Uh, that's just the way I'd heard it on a bunch of podcasts oh, that I listened to. On the on the Amazon documentary, they did Josef Jacobs. Josef Jacobs. <laughs> that sounds Swedish. It does. It sounds like you should be a, a chef. <laughs> so Joey, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Joey's actually the last man to be put to death in the Tower of London. Yeah, yeah. And if you go there, you can still see his power parachute. Oh, really? Yeah, they Shit. still have it on display I in the Tower of London. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his part of his uniform still there and he, he parachutes into Cambridgeshire in 41 and does it horribly. Oh yeah. Yeah. It did not go well. Breaks his ankle and is soon arrested. Um, he, he has a photo of his lover who is singer and actress Clara Barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's being trained as a spy. She may have parachuted in after Jacobs, but there's no evidence. And also, he got captured. Like, she was going to parachute in, like, after he confirmed that he mm-hmm. was there. And he, he he was never able to, according to him, and I don't know what other reports, he was never able to get a hold of his superiors. He, he, he was captured too soon yeah. before he could do that. So, and let's, so let's, she wouldn't have had the, um, you know, she wouldn't have known to parachute in. Yeah. The skeleton in the tree, Bella is five foot tall. Yeah, and Clara Barrel was like five ten inch. She's Captain close to Phasma size. Yeah. 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 She's 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 a tall lady. Yeah. Um and she has been she's confirmed dead, but she uh, in in September of twenty sixteen it was confirmed Clara had died in Berlin 
December 16th, 1942. Yep. Um, either pneumonia or a sleeping drug overdose. This stuff called Veronal, I guess. Veronal. Um, Need me some of that. I have not you know, been sleeping well. The the descriptions of an overdose of this stuff was not pretty. And apparently it's one of those things where, like many things, it builds in your system until your your tolerance is so high that you just take too much and, and you, you die really horribly. Like, I stopped reading the description because I was like, I'm, I noped right out of there. I was like, okay. no, I'm done with this. Never mind. I, they, they talked about cleaning out the stomach too many times. And I was like, I just have images in my head that I know are not accurate, but are so disgusting. And I want out. So I'm going to walk away. I, I had a friend who tried to overdose and they had to do the whole stomach pump thing. And see, I know that's what they were probably doing. Yeah. But the cleaning out of the stomach, I'm, I'm like, got steel wool in there and it's horrifying. And my, my brain is a really scary place. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it's essentially a tube goes down and they pump charcoal in and they just, it's kind of, yeah, it's like charcoal in and then they suck it out and charcoal in and suck it out. It's... Yeah, it was it's creepy. not not probably far off from what you're thinking. I know you're thinking like, oh, the stomach brush, like a, <laughs> like a very long version of the baby bottle cleaners that yes. you can get is what you're thinking. I'm clutching my stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> Visceral reaction I am having. Oh, yes. It was, uh, yeah. She, it, it was plausible until the, the, the death record was fine because she had actually worked in Birmingham um, years before the war, like in the 30s. And got a, you know, really pretty convincing Birmingham accents that she, she had. So, you know, it, it could have been, but, you know, no, she um, she died December 1942. And you have to question, was it just, you know, pneumonia or was, you know, her lover, or at least one of them, yeah. she seemed to be quite the gad about, um, had, uh, you know, been executed, was it? Just she just couldn't take it anymore. Them Germans, oh, them fun-loving Germans, <laughs> such a gay and happy people. Yes. The skeleton is sent for a forensic exam to Professor James Webster. Yes. And he ends up loaning it out. Mm -hmm. He just he's like here, just promise me you'll give it back. How how many times have you loaned stuff out to friends and never never got it back? Books, man. Books. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I've bought a copy of Bill the Galactic Hero about three times. And I've bought my copy of the Big Book of Conspiracies seven times. <laughs> because people just don't give them back. Yeah. Now, that's an, those are like interesting little books. And, of course, you're giving them to friends because you think they're going to be interested. This dude lent out a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. He loaned out a former human being. And I believe it was to a university. Yeah. And they went, well, I don't know where, what we did with it. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, it's in Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that spine was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Bella. Oh. So, yeah, that was messed up. And that completely destroys any chance of doing, like we talked about with the boy in the box, they mm -hmm. were able to, you know, extract mitochondrial DNA. Can't do that if you don't have the skeleton. <laughs> There are a lot of tiny, tiny, tiny bones in the human body. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of six in particular. Uh, the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup, which we have, you know, each of those we have, like, two each of. Mm -hmm. And those are three little bones in your ear that attach to the cochlea, and they're important for sound. I've often wondered if anybody has ever gone back to the witch elm and really did a thorough search and might be able to find like some scrap of something that they could get some DNA off of. I'm, with the fascination with this case, I wouldn't be surprised if people have looked. Yeah. Um, and you did have, uh, in 2005, remains found there again. 
close by, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, <laughs> history repeats itself. It's witchcraft. No, teenage boys. Oh. Found by teenage boys. Probably somebody said it was witchcraft, I'm sure, though. Uh, Maybe especially if Margaret, Margaret Murray was still alive. She was yeah. like, witchcraft! <laughs> and, a, and a little walker. <laughs> God, get her in Salem at Wait, the wrong so- time, and you got a lot more people with, like, you know, stones on top of them saying I, more weight. I just I just picture, like, a bunch of police finding a body going, well, it's probably not witchcraft. You can just hear, no one expects Margaret Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed in the red Monty Python Inquisition <laughs> uniform, in like a Zimmer frame, because yes. that's what they call walkers in England, Zimmer frames. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So Zimmer frame, just going, ah, it's witchcraft! <laughs> <laughs> no one <laughs> dies right there. <laughs> two bodies, we got two. We should probably look her up and make sure. Um, so, so, yeah, and the body had been there at least three years. So you have a very similar case. Now, was this a copycat? Was this just a, a random thing that happened? Because, like, woods are a, a good place dumping ground if you don't have anything else nearby. Lord knows that's where I'd hide a body. I mean, well, where we live. Again. That, <laughs> that's pretty much, like, your best option is the woods. Um, you know, then you have like places out in the desert that are dumping grounds. They're not hiding their bodies in the woods. No, they're hiding their bodies in the desert, but you don't have it. They have those in England. So. Oh, good. Margaret Murray died 1963. Oh, good. Margaret Murray. That's a nice thing to say. Look at her. (laughs) Look at her and tell me that she isn't a sour lemon sucking bitch. She was a respected anthropologist and an archaeologist. We are kind (laughs) of being dicks. (laughs) She was a fear monger who thought she was Indiana Jones she before Indiana Jones. She was a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. She was one of your ilk, just not on the side that you like. <laughs> so see what I've done there? Uh-huh. Oh. I see. Yeah. She's but rubbering your glue. Here's the thing, though. Every time a body's found, I'm not going, it was aliens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. There are a few cases where I think it is aliens. <laughs> but not this one. Todd sees. Definitely something alien. I know nothing about it. Look it up. We'll talk about it later. It's okay. no, Todd Seas has no place in this podcast. <laughs> Anyhow, so, and yet Ezekiel. Um, so, uh, yeah, there, there's been other theories. Uh, you had travelers used to frequent the area, and there was like a known site where they would set up camp like, right by the tree. So there's that, but nothing really ever came of that. I need to I need to close this window. She's staring me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the, what you said, the, can you blame the her? The cold, icy stare of a long dead <laughs> Margaret Murray creeping into my veins. So, um, other and some people say you know like maybe an American GI killed a, a, a barmaid. Why has it got to be an American? I'm surprised they didn't like some prisoner of war. <laughs> right? Again? Yeah. That was the one thing that honestly there... surprised me. Whenever I found out this was so close to the Quentin witchcraft murders that nobody brought in the prisoners of war the same way they did. No one went, I bet it was those German POWs. They might not have, since it was earlier, they might not have had the the um, the POW camp there yet. Possibly. Or it might not have been as populated, yeah. uh, depending on how the war was doing. So, um, so yeah, just it, it could have been that. I, I think... If they were there, then somebody would definitely would have been, you know, like, not witchcraft, POWs. <laughs> so. It was it was POWs practicing witchcraft. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Get out of here, Margaret. <laughs> Perfect confluence of two <laughs> crackpot theories. So yeah, there's just 
theories have abounded over yeah. the years. It's been really interesting how uh, interest has not really waned on this. It just, or sometimes it wanes, but it always comes back. I think if she wouldn't have been hidden in a witch elm... If she had just been found on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have the whole witchcraft thing. Now, the funny thing is that witch elm... It's not has nothing to do with witchcraft. Etymology. Exactly. It's etymology time with Scott and Christy. <laughs> Fuckle up, bitches. Here we go. <laughs> Fuckle up. <laughs> okay, go on. Continue. <laughs> so, witch elm. The word witch actually comes from the Old English, and I'm going to murder this, but weiss, meaning pliant or supple. So, related words to this, words that have the same etymology as witch from witch elm, are wicker. Making sense. Yeah, absolutely, sure. And weak. Now, the city, Witchbury, that this was in, comes from an old Saxon word, wick, where we're not quite certain where that actually comes from, uh, but we think it may be a tribe or a clan name. And there are competing theories onto what this clan name actually means. It may mean cowards. It may mean excellent. Hmm. Cauldron. Salt or generous? Oh well, those are all those are all very similar things. Yeah, I can see how they would all be in the same category. Yeah, but yeah, it was actually a Saxon sub kingdom, this little area, mm. and yeah. So this whole thing, if this wouldn't have been a witch elm in Witchberry, I don't think anybody would look at went witchcraft. Yeah, it was it, it was that element of, of finding her in a tree and that tree being a witch elm, mm-hmm. which you know everybody like immediately thinks witch, but it's actually spelled W Y C H. Yeah, and so yeah, I think all these these things together combine to really add to the enduring mystery. Right, and they get off on like the hand being separated from the body. Yeah, even what... though there's such a logical explanation for that. Yeah, and it, it's a thing where I can honestly see. Like, some guy stuffing her into the tree, and they they said she was crammed in there. Mm-hmm. And I can just see, like, the hand, like him, like, just... in the dark of the night, the hand just kind of hanging out. No one sees it, and as it rots, it just kind of falls off. And Beautiful imagery there. Just with a soft <laughs> plop on the ground, and a squirrel <laughs> goes, mmm, protein, and just drags it off three feet. Went, this is too heavy, I'm just eating it here. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Gross, but probably true. So disgusting yet actor accurate. <laughs> yeah. The new series from Scott Morris. <laughs> there actually is um, a lot of the information I found out about Clara Burrell was from the granddaughter of uh, Josef Jacobs, quite, our Swedish Jeff agent, Nazi agent. Quite an attractive, uh, tall woman. Clara was. Yes, yes. Um, we'll, we'll put the the picture of her that was found with him, on the back of which was written, My dear, I love you forever, your Clara, uh, Landau, July 1940. We'll put that up on our social media. But yeah, she was she was very um, attractive. And yeah, his Ghost uh, of Jacobs, I'm just going to keep on pronouncing it like that because it's fun. That's um, fun. That's his fun. granddaughter actually has a book out uh, this month on, on the... Uh, life of and death of 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 her grandfather joseph jacobs um so i'll I'll put a link to that as well just maybe maybe get a little money her way because she was the one who found the the death certificate she was the one who put that theory to rest she actually got in touch with uh the german authorities and after some time they dug up the the death certificate and sent it to her and she got it translated and she was like okay clara died in you know it couldn't have been her Mm -hmm. uh joseph 
has a kind of sort of family resemblance to your husband. <laughs> I think just a little bit. Like he it could does be his a little brother. bit. He does a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Joseph could be your husband's brother or That's grandfather. Funny. And well, Jacobs? there's Ooh. there's some German heritage. <laughs> there's definitely there's there's German heritage hardcore on his his side of the family. So your eyes are blue, aren't they? Yes, they blonde, are. Blonde, blue-eyed. And blonde. He he is also blonde and blonde, blue-eyed. Blue yeah. Wow. And you call your little house here with the little farm on it Aryan Acres? I, <laughs> I do no such thing. <laughs> you rescind that accusation and you rescind it right now. These crosses are funny. They're <laughs> twisted looking. They're very decorative. <laughs> oh, gosh. This will probably be our last episode. <laughs> After I'm apparently a Nazi, just because you're German doesn't... That's what I want to state. Just mm -hmm. because you're German doesn't mean you're a Nazi. I have met wonderful German people. I went to Germany. Not for Nazi purposes. <laughs> God damn it, I shouldn't have said that. Um... And met wonderful people over there. I, I had a great time. Did you go to Auschwitz? Did not go to Auschwitz. Oh. We were we were only there for a couple of days, and our our guide w was supposed to be um, uh, a writer friend. She was supposed to have the days off work, and she ended up not being able to get uh, any I but see. one. I did get to go to a castle, which was like a lifelong dream achieved. I was even like a small child on the drive to the castle. I was clapping my hands and going castle, castle, castle. <laughs> Because that is how fucking excited I get about castles. It was the castle of Frederick the Second. I want to say it was San Susi. Okay. Um, okay. And it she's was... not a Nazi, by the way. I'm, I'm putting that rumor to rest. <laughs> I right am now. so far away from being a Nazi yeah. that it's it's not it's 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 yeah no no Nazi rumors around me, please. I don't need that shit, and it's not true. It's absolutely not true. So I'm a horrible person for bringing you. <laughs> no, up. you're not. It was funny. Um, <laughs> we are kind of super blonde and blue eyed, so I get it. Um, so even now, okay, back to the case. Even <laughs> I have one more thing. I'm gonna Go get it, it out. Go for it. Get it out. Even now, in 2017. All right. So forensic anthropologist uh, Caroline Wilkinson. Now, she's the one who um, did archival reconstructions on uh, the skull of Richard III. So she was approached by father-son authors Alex and Pete Merrill. Oh, that's cute. Um, father-son author yeah. team, I like it. Yay. Um, and they wanted to see if she could do a, a digital depiction of Bella's face. With the photographs that still remain of her skull. Obviously, we don't have the skull mm -hmm. because, again, the remains just kind of got lost in a move or something. You know how, like, you move and then you're like, where's that book? And you're like, oh, well, it must have gotten lost. Well, the same thing happens with skeletons, apparently. Always get a tracking number. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can look that shit up on the website. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So, um, so yeah, she's she's working on that. Um, and Oh, no has worked on it. We have the, the actual, mm -hmm. a picture of what this woman might have looked like, which is amazing. You think about the fucking technology yeah. that goes into this and the skill level and everything. And to take a skull that was decomposed for at least 18 months and not even have the skull, have pictures of the skull. And she said she was, you know, lucky that they got like profile pictures mm -hmm. and everything. But there were some things missing that happened. Like you, you, without the skull itself, you can't like gauge eye depth and right. stuff like that. So yeah, we'll, we'll post that picture up on, uh, on social media. 
Doesn't look anything like Clara Barrel, which, but we already know that yeah. that wasn't her. Um, and we don't really have too many pictures of other uh, supposed victims, but but yeah, it's it's you can see and yeah, you can it's actually see her face. Very distinctive. Which is amazing to think that this woman died in anonymity. Yeah. And now you know somebody has actually. We can't put a name to the face, but we can at least have a face. Yeah. Which is yeah. amazing. Um, Speaking of the name, I have a thing to say about that. Go for this it. This I didn't find anywhere else, but again, that Amazon, that documentary on Amazon. Um, at some point, anonymously, the graffiti writer came forward. Really? To the police. And he told them that he picked the name Bella at random. Oh, <laughs> So no. all of this Bella stuff? For not possibly. If this... The documentary, it was... They gave a lot of information that I didn't have already, mm -hmm. uh, so that was good. Delved a little more into the supernatural towards the end than I would like. I think that they approached this case wanting to do mostly supernatural, and then they were like, oh, fuck, here's a whole bunch of like real-life espionage shit. I guess we should do that. Well, that. And then we'll contact the mediums later. The supernatural is what tends to sell. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's like a supernatural-type documentary series, so I think this might have been a little bit of a one-off for them. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. I haven't watched the rest of their stuff, but... Um, you get to see a lot of the documents. You can see a lot more pictures than I was able to find online. So I think that they did do a decent amount of actual, like, hands-on research. Um, so, yeah, it was good. A little overdone on the creepy music and such. But you, that's that's what you're going to get. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just a weird shift when you've been sitting in silence reading about a story for hours and hours. And then all of a sudden there's, like, creepy music. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Come on. Yeah. I don't have creepy music playing. While, although I did have a door creak open at one point, And I was like, what the fuck's happening i'm all alone in the house there's only the cats it was one of the cats <laughs> of course so her cats have thumbs they can operate doors and even use the can opener i've seen it <laughs> he plays video games like a pro he will kick your ass yeah. at name of popular video game here yeah absolutely <laughs> he plays uh drums on the guitar here exactly. rock band, whatever it is <laughs> incredible <laughs> the only cat i know that can make a g chord on the guitar <laughs> i know right <laughs> He should be in a jazz band. He yeah. could be called the Cool Cat. There it is. <laughs> I did there that, the, and the, I don't care if you hate me for the it. The Order of Flats. That <laughs> should be what he, what his band name is, The Order of Flats. The Order of Flats. The Order of Flats, uh, because there's like three of our listeners that are going to get that, and right now they're laughing their asses off. Okay. So I'll explain it for the rest of them. The Order of Flats, whenever you have like one flat, if you, if you put like one flat on... A, uh, on like the, the clef of any piece of music, then you're in F. If you put two, you're in C. Okay. So the way you remember the order of the flats is F, C, uh, G, D, A, E, B. So okay. that's the number of flats. That's where you put them down. And to remember that is Funky Cats Get Down and Even Boogie. <gasps> that's how you remember that. I love it. Yeah. So that's so the, the, yeah, the, he is the, a funky cat yeah, too. The band name could be the Order of Flats, and yeah, like I said, three people got that. Now everybody knows. <laughs> if you want to go the Order of Sharps, then you just reverse it. It's B E A D G C F. And what's the uh, acronym for that? Uh, that's just Bead. Greatest he hears you talking fight. about he it. Does. He hears you. Let him in. <laughs> Come on, Hemingway. Come on. Yes, we were talking about you. Aww. <laughs> yeah, uh, bead greatest common factor. Oh, okay. Is is the order of sharps? <laughs> My funky cat. You want to play the drums for him? <laughs> play a little bit of the drums. Do 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 a Latin beat. He was helping me with social media yesterday. 
Damn, that was good. <laughs> that was that is one <laughs> funky cat. Yeah. That is one funky cat. God damn. All right, I think that's all of our stuff on uh, Bella and the Witch. I don't have anything yeah. else to you. I don't. I don't. Okay. And it's it's one of those it's one of those weird things to think that okay, this woman gave birth. Yeah. Right. There is a very real possibility her child might be out there. Could yeah. have also, you know. Died in birth. Yes. I get that. Yeah, there's, there's more, I'm sure infant mortality rates were not great during the war when you had, you know, a lot of the people who were trained to practice medicine probably over helping with the war right. effort. Right. But it's, it's kind of weird to think that there are probably people out there that are related. Yeah. To her, same with the boy in the box. Yeah, that don't even realize. That don't even know. And in this case, it's not like the boy in the box where we have some vestige of hope. Yeah, that DNA might eventually lead us to an answer. Nope, that skeleton's gone. We got nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, it it is a it is a strange situation. That's always the one that I find very odd. Um, and I think it's because of something that happened in in my life. I always think about that. You know, you could have family out there. Whenever I was about eight or nine, a family uh, a family friend came to visit. It was one of my dad's old war buddies, and he said, uh, "He he, my dad had just uh, no, I would have been eleven, would have mm-hmm. been eleven, and my dad had just had my younger brother, and it was a situation where the guy looked at my dad, what what is the six for you? And there's only five kids in our family. My no. dad went, yeah." I go, Dad, there's only five. And he goes, I'm just kind of shushes me. And it's kind of like one of those deals is, do, do I have a sister or brother out there that yeah. I don't know about? Does, you know, because my dad used to talk about visiting prostitutes during the war. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a very real possibility that I have an Arabic half-brother or sister <laughs> running around out there. Probably long passed away by now, so... Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. But you have that happening with like DNA tests these days and people finding out like, oh, family I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. or my dad's not my dad, you know. Or like my cousin's a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> my cousin's the Golden State Killer. It's... I mean, even before this, you had, um, I believe it was Jack Nicholson. Did you ever hear that story? Yeah, where he, Jack Nicholson. He was raised by his grandmother. Grandmother. He thought it was his mom, and the person he thought was his sister was his mom. And he found out, like, in an interview. Yeah. Like, he's doing your average interview, and they're like, so how do you feel about the fact that your sister's actually your mom, or some shit like that? And he's like, wait, back, 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 back up. Do do what now? (laughs) I'm sorry, could you run that by me one more time? If you ever get the chance on really old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, look for the name Jack Nicholson. He worked for Hanna-Barbera. Really? Yes. That's fascinating. I had no idea. I would not have pictured that. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was Joseph Barbera that encouraged him to go out for an audition for a movie called Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, there you go. There you go. And that was Jack Nicholson's first film. Here's Bugs. (laughs) (laughs) He plays uh, Bill Murray's part in the original Little Shop of Horrors. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. See that? Oh man! Any big plans for this week? Um, we're having a little Memorial Day shindig uh, here at the house. Excuse me, on Sunday, and it'll be nice to see people. We haven't 
all gotten together and what we all tend to like kind of like crawl into our corners I think during the winter and then when summer comes we see each other for several months and then winter comes and it's like well I guess it's six months of no socialization yeah um so yeah I'm really excited uh to, to see everybody and, and just have some fun and weather's probably gonna end up being shitty but what it is what it is we'll we'll just hang out inside and and goof off like we do so. it's, it's Pennsylvania what can you do yeah pretty yeah. much it's it's going to be shitty. Yeah, we've learned that tonight. Yes. Uh, Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a little outtake of terror. <laughs> the most exciting episode we've had yet, and we spent some of it in the basement. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if this one if this one feels a little tense, and this one did feel a little tense for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah same I th- here. Yeah, I think it's if this one feels a little if that stiff, lingering a little tense, anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll put maybe we'll put the the freak out at the beginning of the episode. Oh my god, that would be hilarious! Yes, <laughs> that might. I, I'm gonna leave this editing decision up to you, but I look very much forward to seeing what you choose. Yeah. And also, thank you for helping to get me through not, that. Not a problem. Because buddy. that was, yeah. Scott saw my anxiety just skyrocketing, <laughs> and he was doing he was doing everything in his power to bring it back down, and it was very helpful. Yeah. So thank when, you. Whenever you have somebody who has panic attacks and they see another person doing a panic attack. You know the last thing you should do is like so uh freaking out a little bit there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heart's racing, mouth's kinda dry. You're thinking about death right now, right? <laughs> death? You think about what that's like? Yeah. You think about I, how you're gonna die? Do you think there's an afterlife? Do you think you're good enough to get into We're that? Giving afterlife? somebody a panic attack probably yeah. right now, we should probably do you think stop. Just lay in a box and rot. <laughs> <laughs> This is essentially how my brain works. Do you favor whenever this you is die. this is the voice in my head. Yeah. <laughs> whenever you die, I'll just stuff you in a witch hell. <laughs> mm. What are your plans for the weekend to get you <laughs> off of this track? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna do a little painting over the weekend. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. just gonna I'm gonna do a little painting and uh, do a little bit of cleaning, and then of course work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I'm I, talking about parties, and you're like housework. I will be doing a lot of housework before the party. There you go. I should state that. There you go. So, so please, thank you, thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Um, it was it was a very interesting episode for us. This was kind of a fun one for me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this was this one didn't feel, even though it was tragic, it didn't feel as tragic. As some of the others, if that makes any sense, the it's been a couple of dark ones here and over. Yeah, row. yeah. And this one, although it's dark, it's there's sort of a more of a mystery around it with the competing theories. So this, and one, then you have the the witchcraft and espionage and all these different elements yeah. um, that 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 could be honestly like a a part of people just trying to make it less dark because yeah. you add these suspenseful elements and then it's you know like not it's not as I don't want to say it's not as tragic. It's still tragic. A life yeah. is lost, but but yeah, it just it it adds that spark. Um, Margaret Murray saying something. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> she said witchcraft, and she appears behind me. Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, she's behind me this right now, isn't she? This broomstick belongs in a museum. <laughs> On that note, oh, that was beautiful. Oh, greatest, that greatest five stars on iTunes. Episode art. That is the episode art. <laughs> Can I go ahead and just write it down for You're myself right now? Yes, rate us five stars on iTunes. Um, follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, 
And yeah, just we're really glad you guys joined us. Follow us on social media. We're Old Timey Crimey on Twitter and Facebook. And we also have a subreddit going, the Old Timey Crimey subreddit. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciated it. And we will be here next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waving goodbye to the computer. Yes, he, is, he but really is. But since this is an audio format, you can't see it. I'll do it too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Witchcraft.